The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 30 of the MX Vice Show. Great to be back for our first show since the coronavirus lockdown. I'm James Burfoot of MX Vice, and with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips and Rob from Jukebox Beats. Although I'm in the studio, they aren't. It's pretty sad, actually. I'm just sat here on my own. Uh, are you there, Lewis? Yeah, hi. I'm bloody wow. loving it. L- loving life. Um, yeah, I've had to drive three hours, have I? <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Even Strokes. A uh, bit of a shout out to Prox, they've just come on board, um, even with uh, this coronavirus and everything what's going on. Um, they like what we're doing, so um, I'd like to welcome them to the show. So Lewis, last time we spoke, we were in here, and I think what's going to be known as the probably one of the best phrases in medicinal motocross is just cure that coronavirus with two paracetamols. Yep. Our second most listened to show ever as well. So like clearly it was great. I I think that um that kind of statement goes alongside Donald Trump saying inject yourself with disinfectant. Yeah, but the thing is, I was thinking about this. At that time it wasn't as it wasn't as big a deal, was it? No, like it wasn't, was it? I don't think it was. Uh, kind of. Not, um, no, the beginning of March, everyone was still living as normal. Like We weren't on lockdown or anything like no, that. No, yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm just playing so it. I can be pardoned if there's people out there who want to put my head on a stick or anything like that. Because I pres- presume there are people out there who now, if they listen, like, there's got to be people who have listened to that show a month on <laughs> and been like, <laughs> oh. wow, this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so how has the uh, lockdown affected you, Lewis? Is your life exactly the same, but not going to GPs? It's all right. Um, no, it's not all right, to be honest. It's actually absolutely terrible. I can't really remember the GPs. How's the gym going? Well, that was closed, wasn't it? Funny, when, when, they, start, when they started cancelling GPs and stuff, that was my one like thing I gripped to. I was like, right, I've got six weeks now, and I can actually go to the gym every day, so I'm going to use this time wisely, and then nope, the rug got pulled out from underneath me again. So on that note, have you been doing some like uh, home exercise? Um, I actually have. Really? Talk us through it. I have a road bike. You have a road bike? No, the old roadie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm still trying to get, yeah, okay, I didn't realise you had a road bike. Yeah, so just pump out the miles, didn't I? I did my first ride in five years, straight out with 26 miles. Wow. How are your legs the next day? Yeah, fine. I, I, people don't give me enough credit. It's just a machine, Lewis. I know, people don't give me enough credit. So, um, how have you been coping with no GPs? It's been rough, I'm not going to lie. Possibly the worst time of my life. Really? Like, well, no, like we, all think December and, we all think December and stuff like that is terrible. 
because yeah. there's obviously nothing going on. But there's still stuff because people are at least riding. So then from that, you get so-and-so's looking good or so-and-so's injured or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, even December, you still have deals being finalized, stuff being announced, and also the hype of like Anaheim 1 and that coming up. So December, although there's not racing, there's a lot going on. This, yeah. this isn't that. Like you ring, like I ring riders, and and like, like oh, what have you been doing in the break and stuff like that? And just there's nothing. Literally nothing. Literally, like no, everyone's just doing what we're doing, like watching Netflix, and hoping for the best, I guess. <laughs> Is that what most of your interviews have, have consisted consisted of? Uh, please well, tell tell me your favorite Netflix shows. Well. My common question in interviews is to riders like Olsen and Fevra, um, I put it to them in the way of, I say like, ah, oh, because obviously people like that have had a chance to recover. Fevra, on the other hand, was quick to point out that this break isn't good for anyone. Um, yeah, he's a very valid point. I don't think that's the, I, that's he the said interest. It and I was, he said it and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I hadn't considered that. I just considered how it had benefited them. As bad as it is for you, there are other people out there who have it worse. Yeah, so just when you're when you're thinking about, you know, life and stuff like that, just think about that. But yeah, this is the first so this is the first time we've actually ever had it where motocross is literally on standstill. Like aside from cancellations, there's nothing going on. Well, in Sweden there is. Well, in Dem uh, I just spoke to Olsen like two hours ago and he started riding again because in Denmark, the tracks have been opened up. Yeah, in Sweden. If, I don't know if you've... Um, it's like nothing's happened for Anton Gold. He's going to be the fittest guy in MXGP. Yeah, so stuff is starting to happen. So that's something, I guess. But I don't know. I also see that um, Holland are opening up practice tracks like any day now. But only for youth riders, apparently. Okay. Which confused me, and I need to get to the bottom of that one. But yeah, so stuff is slowly starting to happen, but nothing too exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a, a few months yet until we, we see any type of normality, I would have thought. Yeah, but even like, we don't want normality. That's like, if even if everyone's practicing and we could get over to Holland and do some stuff midweek, like that's exciting and stuff. But like, that's even, our hands are even tied with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Obviously, you've been speaking to riders. What, what, who, who are, what are the riders that you've been speaking to? I, I I'm not, list, I'm not listing every single rider I've spoken to. Well, no, but one of the um, interviews you've done wasn't with Bass Fasten, and that was quite an interesting one. Yeah, this is something that grinds my gears. Oh, hello. Um, so Bass was paralysed from the neck down for eight minutes last year in July. And wow, everyone knows that. That shouldn't be news to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I remember it really well. Okay. Um, and then obviously made it back onto the line for round one this year, and also almost finished on the podium at Balkanswap. That is a story similar to Ken Roxon coming back from his arm injury, uh, Christian Craig riding again after he broke his back. That is one of those stories that should be like shouted from the rooftops. There should have been features on it like on the tv show there should have been a massive hoopla hula something like that made out of it like that is is huge um but what why hasn't it 
it's some I've actually been giving this a lot of thought. Is again, is this like a no, Euro thing? Well, I I shouted this at Bass himself after the interview, and he said that he like he takes some of the blame because he didn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. At first, which is why I did this interview now because I sat there and I was like, maybe now would be a good time to approach it because he's actually had good results and like it's firmly in the past now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just feel I like I feel like the way we make riders like Bass bigger and MXGP bigger is exposed stories like this. But it's just I don't know. There's like a disconnect there, and it confuses me. From from what I kind of understand, there, there seems to be a reluctance by the riders and the teams. What in Europe? Yeah, to talk about these things. No, I don't think. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's more. I, obviously, Bass isn't Ken Roxon. That's fact. Like, there's no getting away from that. And that obviously is an element of it because if a lesser rider had had the injuries that Roxon had had, I'm sure they then wouldn't have been as big a deal made out of it. But still, this is something. What would be Bass's equivalent in um, East or West Coast in America? Maybe someone like Derek Drake or okay. Hartrath. One of those guys. So if that happened to them and they come back, it would definitely gather more Oh yeah, for sure. Momentum. And there would have been more focus put on it from a TV point of view and stuff like that. But I just I genuinely don't know why stuff like that doesn't traction in Europe. And I feel like if it did, then that would be big. Like I feel like then that's how suddenly Americans and people disconnected from the series are watching to see how this Bass Fasson guy does in his first race back after being paralyzed from the neck down for eight minutes. Like, because, and then that's how things grow, isn't it? That's how more interest that's becomes in and stuff like that. And obviously the interest is there with the top, top guys, but I feel like the further down you go, it really. Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. But I'm not like, like the, the 250 guys who are fifth through 10th in America have fans they might not sell gear and they might not like have that star power but they do have loyal fans and people talk about them and stuff like that i from my perspective anyway but it just doesn't really seem to happen over here do you, do you think this is down to like cause when you watch supercross live when you watch uh promoter cross and stuff like that do you, do you think it's because the commentators talk more about those riders and they have features on them and stuff like that I think the feet, yeah, the features, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, not so much talking about it more. Although, I, to be fair, I haven't actually watched Bridge of Matt Lee or Vulcan Swire, so maybe it was mentioned, but like, I don't know. It's just a bigger deal made out of it. And I feel like I said to Bass, like, we've got to talk about this because it's, it is worth talking about. Like, it's stupid to just not say anything and let it all die down. Like, this is huge. And even I, I feel like I probably knew more about it than 98% of the people in the world. But even when he was yeah. telling me in the interview, I was like, Jesus, I didn't know that part. And I didn't know that part. Like, it's huge. I just wonder, um, I wonder whether, you know, with MX5, should, should we be doing more? Because I know that when I had Talon Kawasaki back in, I think it was 2013, and I think Nez Parker got injured. And um, I actually went to Racer X and looked on the privateer profile and came up with the name Scott Champion and literally done some research. And it was only because of the media over there that I found out about Scott Champion. 
got in contact with him and, and offered him a, a ride in the UK. It didn't come off in the end, but again, it's like, the, you know, Racer X, um, Super yeah, but that's, you're, you're talking about a completely different thing. You're talking no, about privateer coverage. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. I mean, that was, that's a privateer, and they, they seem to get a lot more coverage. Yeah, but on... I'm, I'm talking about a specific, rather than talking about a rider, I'm talking about a specific story. Like, it doesn't matter who this happened to. It doesn't matter, like, take the name Bass Fasten out of it. This yeah. injury and recovery is worth talking about. Oh, yeah. It's that's massive. Like, but that's, so I, was, I thought I'd, I'd get that story out there and just see what it kind of came of it but yeah i just i was just surprised that it hadn't really been touched yeah no i I, to be honest um not that i'm a person in the know as we all know whoever listens to this show will will you know vouch for that um but i didn't know the extent of that his injury and i knew that like yeah i knew the base details but going into detail even shocked me yeah it was crazy so that's worth a read if you head to mx vice yeah, 16 minutes of a read, by the way. Yeah, quite, it was quite long. How, how long did that take for you to type up? I actually did it quite quick because I was quite mo- cause I knew it was a really interesting interview. I was quite motivated to type it up. So. Okay. And um, any other good interviews what I should probably look, look out for? Um, I can't actually really remember who I've interviewed recently. I interviewed Olsen today. That'll be okay. coming up tomorrow. Is that I was actually one? in the middle of typing that up before you interrupted me. Oh, sorry. Um, um, is that a good one? Yeah, just kind of go back on the injury he had in the off season and stuff like that. And actually, this is another thing that popped up. Um, so in January, when he crashed and got injured, his it was just known that he had a hand injury. It was his scaphoid or scaphoid. Scaph- yeah, you say tomato, I, know, yeah, I say tomato. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a seriously serious wrist injury, isn't it? Like that can be problematic yeah. to no end. Like yeah. I remember James Stewart in 2010, that like was a real issue, and he was somehow back right racing in four weeks. And even when he like he was saying, yeah, the, the doctor said I've broken my scaphoid and um, I should be back to normal in three to four weeks. I was like, really? Because yeah. from all I know about that injury, that's like a season ender. And it sounds like it could have been, to be fair, because um, he actually had surgery at the beginning of April or the end of March. Yeah. Because the screw had come loose. So had the normal schedule been run, he probably wouldn't have had a time to have another surgery. And so he would have to ride with the screw in? Well, no, he was always going to ride with a screw in, but the fact is it had come loose. And, oh. the chance, and that was causing him a lot of pain, and the chances of him making it through the full season as it was initially scheduled with that pain were quite slim. So this break, oh, yes, it's not very good, but this title hopes a little bit um so regarding title hopes it, is he guaranteed a ride next year on on ice one or anything what i mean what's there's the stepping stone for him because obviously he's going to be going out yeah he's got to go up and so has ben watson um and neither neither rider has a ride at all they neither rider has a ride we'll check on ben but olsen definitely has no contract for mxgp yet which isn't a big deal because it's early and everything but a lot of people presume that he's automatically going to Ice One or Rasmus is just going to sort him out. Or... Well, that's what I, I thought, you know, uh, being naive, I thought he would be just stepping straight into Ice One. Well, they, they don't have that, that is program. That is a possibility because Jonas's contract's up and so is Jazakonis's. So 
it's not like that's just a closed door. I'm sure there will be talks there. and But based on how Jonas has, I can't imagine Jonas will go anywhere. And based no. on how Jazakonis is riding, I can't imagine he's going to go anywhere either. Or, well, I mean, we're two rounds in, so who knows? Like A lot can happen in the next 18 rounds, which we are running. Um, but in theory, then, he's not automatically guaranteed a place. No, that's what I'm saying. But, okay. but this is um, this whole coronavirus break, which is going to make the end of the season ridiculously busy, has kind of fallen at the worst time for everyone because um, it turns out that a lot of riders in MXGP need contracts for 2021. Well, this is the thing which I've been um, in a little bit of time I've had to think about it. I was thinking about how um, the coronavirus is. I mean, basically, a lot of these riders are going to be. Is it good or is it bad? A lot of these riders are going to be, what, only four or five rangs in? No. I mean, will they be discussing contracts now? Or will the contracts be going on hold until the GP start up again? Well, because if the, most riders are discussing contracts in May, aren't they? Oh, yeah. If, if the GPs had run as normal, I'm sure some talks would have already started. Uh, with the bigger guys, obviously not with people lower down the food chain. But yeah. But you're a bit like Caroli's contracts up. I'm sure, well, those talks are probably underway anyway. And let's be honest, he's just going to re-sign. But that would have already been well in motion. And then that's the kind of beginning of the dominoes starting to fall. So, Yeah. But that's, no, so that's all good. So we're going to be running a condensed schedule. At the moment, I think we're doing eight GPs in eight weekends to begin with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that from a budget point of view. I am. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then amongst all of that, that the whole contract situation for eighty percent of the MXGP field has to be sorted out. So it's going to be a hectic end of the year. Yeah, and then it, is, is there any talk about um, the nations being postponed? Uh, no, I actually interviewed David Luongo on Friday. Yeah, I'm guessing you didn't read it. Uh, it was on my to do list. Okay, um, I asked him. I said, "Is there even a one percent chance?" that you're looking at cancelling the nations. And he basically said no. Unless, obviously, government restrictions force their hand. Okay. But he said that it's actually quite positive because um, the Tour de France has been rescheduled for September, apparently. Okay. I, w- I yeah. wouldn't know, but I'll take his word. So if that's been rescheduled for September, then obviously that means that France expects to be operating. Okay. Because so the Tour de France promoters would obviously not fuck around with dates, would they? They'd like no. being no and everything. That's, I imagine that's quite important for the French economy and stuff. So what are MXGP up to then? What do you mean, what are they up to? Well, as in you've done the interview with, with um, David, so how's, how are they handling things? Well, they're just playing the waiting game, aren't they? They can't really do anything at the moment. They've just got to wait. They've just got to basically keep checking in with local governments, see what the restrictions are, and try and dance around that. Okay. I'm sure we've got some questions coming up, haven't we, which kind of ask those type of questions yeah but um one thing i did ask luongo because we've been getting it a lot on social media uh, people have been asking that with the kind of chaos of this year whether there'd be a temporary change to the age rule to kind of give well effectively it's just olsen and watson time to breathe a little bit and like figure things out uh, but he said no no so no can do olsen and watson are going mxgp in 2021 no matter no. what it's an interesting final season in MX2 for them, but that's that. Yeah, okay. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see if the uh, the young guns who um, came into the class this year, whether um, they can carry on the momentum. Well, I'll tell you what also grinds my gears a little bit. I feel like everyone's okay, just forgotten don't that we've... Okay, my question. That's fine. Well, no, but that's it. I feel oh. like everyone's forgotten that we've just, like, we've already run two rounds. Yeah. Like, we are at... The World Championship is actually underway. Yeah, and I feel like everyone's kind of... You, did um, did uh, David talk about whether they would reduce the schedule? Well, they've constantly said that their um, priority is trying to run 20 races. And I said to him, is there like a minimum number of events that you would consider acceptable? Like, would you say that 12 rounds is a good number and like you'd accept that? And he said that it's too early to start talking about plans like that because... Um, they are still fully set on trying to run 20 rounds. Wow. But you've okay. got to think, I've, I've had this conversation with a few team managers. Say they cancel five events, which is completely yeah. hypothetical at this time, and they go down to 15 rounds. That sounds like a lot because you've lost 25% of the championship. But six years ago, that was considered normal. We were just running 15 rounds every single year. Yeah. So I think one year was 14, wasn't there? Was it 2010? Um... No, I think 15 is the lowest it's been in the current era of okay. Ustream, but, um, or in front motor racing now. But um, yeah, so 15, that sounds like we're losing a lot, but actually we're just going back to what was once the norm. So, yeah. And if you take five GPs out of it, suddenly the schedule doesn't look as hectic and quite doable. Yeah. But obviously if they can run 20 races, they're going to, because that's what they originally set out to do, and that was what the deals were negotiated for and all, all of that fun stuff. I guess from a team's point of view, it would be good to ask a, a team owner and a team manager, but the costings, I guess, are still going to be the same because they would have been paying the members of staff up until the end of the year anyway. With yeah, I don't really know about that. I know that, some t- I know that some teams or a lot of teams have had sponsor money paused or taken away. Okay. Even factory teams. Um, wow. So... It would be interesting to find out from, say, um, you know, Steve Dixon or Louis from Wilvo um, regarding that. Maybe you could find out some more information about how it's affecting them. I think I saw actually that DRT are doing, like, looking after regular Joe's bikes. Yeah, yeah, they're offering um, race prep services. Yeah, which I thought was quite a good idea and also a sign of how there's nothing going on at the moment. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's... If if you're going to get your bike done, what better place? Yeah, so, that's um, what's quite cool. I like I've never seen that kind of idea pop up, especially from a team of that caliber. It's like obviously back in the day in America, you had like eleven, ten mods and stuff, but that was kind of a race shop turned team. This is kind maybe, of a team doing the backwards trend. Maybe now is a good time to get my Kawasaki upgraded. Oh yeah, how's your riding going? Well, uh, obviously not a lot in a moment. I've just come down to the. Uh, to the office to visit it at the moment, just give it a little stroke. Um, That's good. Yeah, it's obviously, it's, it's a tamed, caged animal at the moment. It's very tame. So, um, yeah, we're, just, we're waiting for the lockdown. I actually am a little bit disappointed this year because I had grand plans on the racing. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've got my licenses, everything. Just oh, yeah. disappointed. You've actually paid to get, like, proper licenses and everything? Oh, yes. Christ. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, eh? Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, I'm more concerned about MXGP myself rather than your race uh, race plans, but hey-ho. 
Yeah, it looks like I'm going to have to um, wait a little bit longer. Mm. Okay. Sorry on, to hear that. Yes. And on that devastating blow, um, let's take uh, a break and we'll be back in two minutes. Uh, take a listen to our sponsors who have uh, stayed by us. A uh, fantastic bunch of guys from Talon, Yoko, Brox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Even Strokes. We'll be back in two minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back. It's uh, nice to have the podcast show back up and running again. Uh, just in case you didn't know, we didn't have the, the correct setup, so we've been so reliant on our awesome studio. This is why we took a little bit of a break. And we just wanted to see what things were going on. And uh, we, we felt that now was a good time to uh, come back. We, we've got a lot to say and a lot of things are happening. So again, thanks to Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Even Strokes. Uh, big shout out to those guys. They're the ones that enable this and MX Vice uh, to keep going. So Lewis, talking about MXGP before the break, and you mentioned about uh, David Luongo in the interview. Uh, what schedule changes are, have come up? Just to give um, a bit of an overview to those people who probably, are probably you know, have no idea at the moment because it has been quite a few. It's actually quite funny to think. Last time we did a podcast, um, it was shocking that Spain and Portugal had been cancelled, wasn't it? That is my favourite soundbite. I have to dig that back out well, again. Yeah, but that was shocking. June has been cancelled. <laughs> like, that's, that was beyond my wildest dreams. <laughs> I, I think episode 29 was clearly my just my most favourite. Because what people don't understand is, is going back the the time at Valkensvard, the look on your face when somebody said that Argentina might be cancelled, 
and you went into complete denial and then literally how things quickly unfolded with everything being cancelled. I can only imagine that the, the therapy, what you, you, you must have had um, from people around you over that period of time. It's, well, it is what it is, isn't it? See, the therapy's working. Look at you. You're like a new guy. I don't know. No, I don't know what to say at this point. I've kind of given up all hope. Well, that's that's a bit negative. Probably should tell your doctor about that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no, at the moment we're going racing Russia, aren't we, in July the 5th, I think. Okay, and and according to, to Putin, that there's there's no virus or anything, is there? It's all good? Well, no, I think Russia spikes recently, didn't it? I don't know, but Brazil's always a good place to go now because he's denying that the virus even exists. It's just the flu. Well, being the scientific genius that I am, oh I recently looked at a map of coronavirus cases or okay. deaths or something along those lines. Oh, so and you're I actually trying that, to do GPs around uh, places? And I saw okay. that Kazakhstan has nothing. Okay. Now, so I'm no promoter. GP. Isn't that... But Supercross are talking about running the remaining seven rounds in Arizona. Could we not run 18 rounds in Kazakhstan? <laughs> I would love, I would, I'd actually pay money to keep you in Kazakhstan for a year. <laughs> I just, I'm just putting, I'm just an ideas man. I'm just putting these out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Sending you to Kazakhstan for a year would be great. But um, no, Russia it is at the moment, but then that's, Russia's even a difficult one because A, it's Russia. And B, like, I think it's okay for people in Belgium, France, Holland, all of that stuff. But for people in Britain like ourselves, getting a visa is quite tricky. Yeah, it's, it's not. And I can't imagine that's really possible at the moment. It's not easy. And it, it, it depends on when, like, if, if, if the GP is going to go ahead in, is it June? July now. July. So by the time they've relaxed, the, I mean, are you gonna? Are you even gonna be able to go to to London and stand in a two meter apart queue outside the Russian embassy to get a visa? Yeah, so like I know we've had discussions about whether we need to because we basically even need to commit to going to Russia in July and hope it comes off, or kind of fall on our swords and admit that we just can't go to. We're not just not going yeah, to Russia. I, I, to to be honest, just just a whole thought process, how long it takes and everything else. Just yeah, I can't see it happening. On to Latvia. On to Latvia, <laughs> which is one of your favourite GPs. Yeah, I, to be honest, originally I was looking, I was because um, Latvia was going to be June the 14th and I was quite excited about that. But, hey-ho, we move but, on. But you're still going to go? Uh, I will be in July. In July, there we go. So, better um, late than never. But yeah, uh, GPs are kind of hands are tied because there's a lot of hoops to jump through with local governments. Like, even if they have 90% of the countries figured out, if one of them has an issue and X team or X rider can't travel, we're back to square one again. Yeah. So it's not possible, I don't think, for MXGP to kind of makeshift a... Like Supercross have done, also because Supercross get a lot of money from NBC to show the races on TV. Uh, MXGP runs its own on-demand platform as its primary kind of TV package. So well, one, running without fans is also not possible and stuff like that. So one GPs question, are more. At, sorry. Yeah, one question I was going to ask you is uh, when you spoke to David Luongo, did you ask if they would run GPs behind closed doors? 
No, because I knew the answer. Really? Maybe everyone else could have done with knowing the answer. Well, no, I thought it was obvious. Interesting because they should make enough from their platform now. I mean, he's saying that. Are they saying they got hundred thousand subscribers? Yeah, but it's not that, is it? The ticket sales are predominantly the income for the local promoter. Yeah, but I was wondering if they if they had thought about changing their um, their business model to literally say, okay, we'll start supporting the GPs with the money that we're getting from uh, our TV. Yeah, but then MXGP TV can't be making enough money to support the local promoter in front motor racing, the event, all of that. That's, that's, like, that's ridiculous. I thought they had 100,000 subscribers. I don't know, but surely they'd need more than that. But if it's 100 quid a year and it's 100,000 subscribers, that, that should be, you know, um, what's that, 10 million? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. So that's, that's enough to, um, you know, fund a few GPs, I would have thought. No, I can't imagine so. Because, like, think about the staff that Infront have. Think about the staff that the local promoter has, first of all. Then the equipment that Infront has, plus the equipment. Like, that's, that's insane to think. Plus travel. Like, that's insane to think that MXGP TV can fund all of that. Yeah. That's but- insane. Isn't it the governments that actually fund some of the GPs? So it, yeah, is it right that the Italian government is not going to... I mean, how is the Italian government? Are they going to still put money into GPs at the moment when half the I countries... Don't, I, haven't spoke, I haven't spoken to the Italian government, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. I know you demand a certain level of me, but I haven't actually been in touch with the Italian government. Well, it's just that your job title... I, I, thought, I thought it said journalist. Oh. Okay, if you want to give... I'm sure that the Italian government, who clearly aren't very busy at the moment, will be more than happy to take a question from me on the state of whether they want to fund an MXGP event. Well, I'm just saying, these are the questions that we need... These are the answers that we need to know. The questions you should... What do you want me to do? Pop up in a press conference at 10 Downing Street tonight? (laughs) Um, Maybe, if you could, that'd be great. Maybe there's got to be an Italian consulate in... um, Is there one near Brighton? I don't know. I see Lad Bible asked a question at the daily press conference, so maybe oh. MX Vice is next. Wow. Can you believe Lad Bible are actually, you know, at a, a press conference? That's the equivalent. That's, that, that'd be like us being at Formula One. Not quite, but I see where you're going. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, the, the big thing that we have to cling on to at the moment is that Supercross might start in May. Yeah, that, and that looks like it's a go, doesn't it? it I've seen that. No. The riders are... Yeah, the riders are practicing, but it's not confirmed or anything, and it's kind of drifting further away because the people I talk to, the date seems to be getting pushed back and back and back, and I think May the 30th is now the kind of go-to date. So barely May, but still, oh, okay. that's better than what we thought we were going to get. Yeah, I just... I, September. I just felt that there was... Uh... You know, there just seemed to be a lot of talk about Supercross starting again. Oh yeah, it's full. It's it's kind of full steam ahead, but it's not officially announced yet. But everyone is treating it as if that is happening because there's certainly like signs of life there. Uh, one thing I was gonna, uh, I probably should ask you this question off air, but I'm gonna ask you it on air. Was did I see it right that Bobby Hewitt's quit uh, Rockstar Husqvarna? Mathis tweeted that, and that's all that's come out about it so far. So, oh, okay. So, yeah. So, well, Steve looks like Steve's put out that. So, you don't know any 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 insight into that? 
No, and I don't think anyone does yet. I don't think anyone knows the full story. Or if it's even true, because from what I've seen elsewhere, maybe it's not. I don't know. I know nothing. Sorry to disappoint you again. Well, Jesus. First I'll nail down the Italian government, and then I'll get on that for you. Well, if you could, because these are the things what people need to know. We're expecting a lot of changes still. With what? MXGP calendar. Uh, I'm hoping no. Worth pointing out is um, rumours lately that the series, that the 2020 MXGP series could even run into 2021. How would that Are work? you there? Yep, yeah. I'm, right. I'm sorry, I just got off the floor. Um, but I said that to David, I said, and he said that at the moment is not considered a viable option and that they aim to have everything completed by Christmas. Hmm. So at the moment, Argentina is the final round and to stay that way because purely because of uh, weather in Europe. If they can, I don't know if they could maybe run, maybe like things get pushed to a point where Indonesia runs in December as the final round. I don't know. Maybe that's an option. But then actually, I looked into it um, as a geogra- geographical genius. Um, I looked into the weather patterns in Indonesia. Oh, Jesus and Christ. And um, the rainy season starts at the beginning of November. Yeah. And currently the GPs are pegged, but in Indonesia are pegged for the beginning of November. And it says that for the first 10 days of November, there are some showers, but for the most part, mostly sunny still. Okay, well, um, but I really to, Supposedly... Hope... Oh, sorry, I'm finished with my weather oh, report. Okay, um, please hold. Um, apparently towards the end of November, Indonesia is very rainy. So I'd imagine that's even not an option to push that back further. But that's all from me, the weather at six o'clock. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for that update. I'd be back quite happy if there's a, a wet Indonesia because I think the last video that Sean done uh, in Indonesia, I think it's reached about half a million views. That was actually Mantova last year, but thanks for playing. No, there was an Indonesia one what done really well. Uh, I do not think so, but thanks for playing. Well, we did a GoPro on Sean Simpson at Pankal Panagma first year, but I don't know how that did. Oh, might be that one then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I've been looking at, because obviously that piqued my interest, because I didn't know when the rainy season started in Indonesia. Yeah. So, so thanks for that information, which is just absolutely rubbish. If you could I've stop... kind of taken us to a dead end with this conversation, yeah, haven't you, I? If you could actually focus on the next few weeks of um, not actually doing that and actually getting on to the Italian government and um, Bobby Hewitt, that'd be great. Okay. But yeah. um, So, I don't know. Maybe we can run the rest of the GBs as it stands. Russia could be difficult, I think, because I can't see the Russians letting us all in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're now a diplomatic editor as well, are you? (laughs) So you've gone from weatherman to, to di- diplomatic uh, editor. I like it. <laughs> I haven't managed to get in touch with the Italian government. However, oh. the have shared a few chinwags lately. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we need this to start. We need MXCP to start. <laughs> You're dangerous literally being left to your own devices. Um, yeah. So we just got to hope. July is far, far enough away now where we just wait and see, I think. Yeah. Uh, However, I don't expect to see a new MXGP calendar anymore because in front, Moto Racing are now taking the stance of um, 
basically instead of releasing a new calendar every week, we're just going to wait a little while for the next calendar and see what happens. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay, uh, good to know. Um, did you put out some questions this week? I did. Okay. Sorry to everyone who sent in questions every other week. We kept trying to think we were going to do a show, but then technology let us down. So, sorry. Yeah. But, but that, that's kind of an excuse. The technology letting us down was an excuse for Lewis had to get, take a couple of trips to the hospital for his mental health. Um, so we had to delay it. Yeah, that. Um, <laughs> do you want to do some questions then? Yeah, let's do it. Who are the questions presented by, James? Um, the questions are, are brought to us by Liat. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Uh, question one is from Chris United 93 uh, He said, how much did we miss out on at Matterley for the 2006 Nations by not having one final showdown with Carmichael and Everett? Hypothetically, who would have won and your hype to see a squad of RC, RV and JS7? Uh, Carmichael. Were you, well, is that it? That's your input? Yeah, that's all we need to know. Were you at Matterley in 2006? Uh, I was. I was, oh, I was so a was little I. bit tipsy, not going to lie. Well, I was 10, so I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Probably a good idea to keep you off the beer. I was on the dodgems. <laughs> Dodge, uh, dodgems. Um, I've, I've lost my train of thought now. What was the question again? I, I, you know I, what's funny? Yeah. You go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I followed Carmichael quite closely throughout that, that sort of period. So um, I was a huge fan. So disappointed. But then I got to see him at 2007, Bud's Creek. So um, given that between both, you know, Everett's is a great rider. However, I just think Carmichael would have done everything he could to, to have won. Well, Everett's legacy has obviously lived on. And a lot of that is his pass on Stuart at the Nations at Matley. Like, that still yeah. gets brought up a lot. And I feel like that kind of, in a way, that was his very last moment, but in a way, it was his defining moment. Yeah, agreed. Had Carmichael been there, that pass may have never happened. So Carmichael being there could have had his chain reaction on lots of different things. Oh, God. Now we're going down a whole, whole nother. We, we've already had um, the political editor. The, uh, we, we don't want to be going into sliding doors and gone as well. Else. <laughs> no, but you don't get what I mean. Next question. <laughs> But to be fair, there's no way a nation's team of Carmichael, Villapoto, Stewart could ever be beaten. No, no, not like, at all. Hypothetically, like, if you try to make up a better team than that, it's not possible. No, no, that is the greatest of all time as team goes. I mean, we never got to see it, but no, close enough. Been, yeah. But you get what I mean about like, Everts may have never been in a position to make that. Like, Stewart was down to ride the open class, so he would have been in that last moto anyway. So maybe Everts and him would have been in the same position on the track. But had Carmichael been there, maybe Stewart takes a different gate and then he isn't with Everts at that point. Or maybe Everts is battling with Carmichael. Like, you know what I mean? It could have, like, that could, it just has a big effect on the universe. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually really worried about you. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, next question. Matt Jones yeah. said, is it more likely to see the British run than the MXGP as it's a lot more logistical? to get teams from and to other countries. Well, aren't you part of the ACU? Yep, hanging What's, on. What are the ACU saying about this? Uh, there'll be official communication soon. But um, they seem committed to not clashing with MXGP. So unless so MXGP if, if, goes, if oh, we're done. 
if there's eight back-to-back GPs, um, how does the British fit into this? Well, this is the problem that everyone's having. The Dutch masters just threw in the towel, didn't they? Or did you not know about that? Yeah, yeah, I knew about that. But it's, oh. So from your correspondence with the ACU, is there a discussion that's come up with literally just saying let's cancel the 2020 series? Oh, no, not at all. I'm, I'm confident it'll run, but I doubt it won't. It obviously won't be eight rounds. Okay, so from a but, from a PR and comms ACU uh, p- position, what um, how many rounds do you think in theory could be run? I don't know. I'm not allowed to say. I don't feel. I don't want to. Add oh, you part. know? No. Well, you just said you're not allowed. I've to heard say. lots of different things. I don't actually know what the answer is. But what I will say is this: this could be a good thing for the British Championship because if they're forced to run four rounds or something like that like the Dutch Masters, which is a format that clearly works. What, as in, why, why don't they do double headers and have literally two weekends, four races? Well, four I think that would, that would kind of be a last-ditch thing, wouldn't it? Like that's... That'd be really good. Imagine you'd, be get, you'd get your money's worth. Yeah, but like, like four, I think four rounds is still a championship. Like, but no one looks at the Dutch Masters and goes, oh, it was only a four-round championship, though, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I, I think and that but, format clearly works. Yeah. So, okay. imagine the British does that this year. Maybe it goes so well that everyone, the fans, the teams, the riders suddenly start going, huh, that was good. Nah, there's people who kind of like British Championship to, to those teams and those riders is absolutely everything. Well, yeah. like, to shorten, shorten their kind of and and as crazy as it sounds, profession, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but, you know, there's people there who they would do everything they could to stop it from being that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Tom Cumber yep. wants to know if Lewis is still alive. Clearly I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Tom, I'm not, he's alive, but I'm not really sure what version of Lewis we've got. Um. After speaking to him today, I'm actually a little bit concerned. You haven't spoken to me a while, have you? No, I haven't. No. Not really been a very good boss, have you? Not really checking in on my welfare? <laughs> no. I did... Uh, when did we last speak? Was it last, last week or was it week before? Week before last. Oh, you, you are counting. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think we spoke about three times that week. Yeah, you, you were on my case a bit at one point. Yeah. I think you pretty much called me every day in one week once. That was a bit much. Yeah, and then uh, well, Luckily, I I, I've been doing that. I've been doing my own my own work, so um, I've just had my head down. So that's why this week I've or last week I was uh, I wasn't on my mat. Hey, not for the first time you've had your head down. <laughs> oh, so it's okay for you to uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What I'm saying, you work hard regularly. You, yeah, okay. Uh, Kyle, sixteen, Richard says, does Ben Watson have a ride for next year? If not, how much do you think the potential lack of time to express himself in his last year in MX2 affects the ride he ends up with? It's an interesting one. Good question. I don't, I don't think these teams would be watching what Olsen and Watson do in their final season in MX2 so much that it would hinge, make a difference to their decision. I, I, I kind of think, and this is my opinion, which probably means bugger all, but... Um... I think Watson and Olsen are going to be better 450 riders than they are 250. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're both bigger guys. Yeah. 
So I think Olsen even told me earlier, he said that riding a 250, sometimes he does have to like, he does struggle a bit with power or whatever. Yeah, and just they're big, and I just think the four fifties and their style as well. The style is smooth, so um, I think they'll, they'll they'll switch. It'd be really interesting to see what teams, um, you know, our team's going to bank on potential, or are they going to bank on, you know, are they going to have to go um, the JD Gunnicks route, or you know, I can't see. Can you see both of them going straight to factory, or do you think they're going to be on a, a satellite team? Well, this is what interests me. So I did this feature on MX Vice a week before last. I went through the points in MXGP and basically text every single one of those riders asking, what, what's your contract situation? Yeah. And put them all in a list. Oh, and, is, this, is this the piece of work, what you've done, what was copied by another foreign website? Suddenly become a, appear on another website, yes. Ah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, great work. Uh, first thing that shocked me was... A, how many riders are up? Like, if, apart from Herlins and Prado and Sewer, I think everyone's up, pretty much. A few guys, ha- a few guys like Patrell have an option, but I believe Herlings, oh, Fevra as well. Fevra, Herlins, Sewer are the only riders who have a firm contract for 2021. What about DeSalle? He's up. He's up. Okay, I thought you had a two. Is it just a one year? Yeah. So this is what's interesting. So that's the whole Kawasaki's up. No, Fevra's fine. I just said that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, So this is what's interesting to me, because is this the year that guys like DeSalle, Paul Ann, kind of get, like, nudged out a bit by teams going, you know what, now it's time to go for the younger guys. Because I do believe, I do believe that Part of the reason guys like Max and other guys have struggled to find rides in MXGP is because we're in a weird thing where the older guys aren't moving out as they have done in the past, and it's basically caused a of too many guys looking for rides. Yeah. So yeah. is this the year that a KRT or a Yamaha go, you know what, let's, in, let's circle back around, start again from the bottom with the future? Or do they go, you know what, let's stick with DeSalle, we know what we're going to get. And to be to his credit, DeSalle surprised me in the first two rounds. He rode better than I thought he would have and yeah. did, got better results. And off the back of that, you'd obviously re-sign him. But... Yeah, or, or uh, you know, there's going to be other teams out there that are going to profit from having these riders coming in and doing well. Like, I, I fully expected, and I think you've already done an interview with him, but um, I fully expected Vlanderen to come out um, you know, strong, but obviously there's uh, a little bit going on at Gebbin, which is not enabling that to happen. Yeah, but Vlanderin's another guy who you, I think you can put in that conversation of he could end up on a factory team. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I would almost put him in that group with Watson and Olsen as a guy that teams would look at to go, maybe we take this chance. Yeah, like literally what's... He, I, I, I kind of see... Um, uh, Watson, Olsen, and Vlanderen being what Mitch Evans done at the first two rounds. What? <laughs> like you, you know, I, I, you know, it's Mitch Evans's rookie year. Yeah. So I can see, you know, Watson, um, Vlanderen. I know he's on the HRC bike, but in Vlanderen's on the Kevin. But I can see Watson and Olsen coming in and doing what, uh, or what Evans has done. Evans is up as well. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, that is a big one. You've got to um, think if I would 
I would be honestly surprised if HRC haven't acted already. But if they haven't, you've got to think there are other teams trying to get that done as quickly as possible. Yeah, can you imagine? Surely. Well, to be fair... Go on. Is standing construct uh, both those riders up? Yeah, but I... As I wrote in this feature, Koldenoff's up officially. Yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't be surprised if there was an extension done when the move to Gas Gas was made. Ah, okay. It wouldn't surprise me if at that point they went, look, take on Gas Gas and we'll extend your deal to a two year deal or buy another year. But then does Gas Gas expand? They're gonna be a satellite Gas Gas team. Like there's so this city season is gonna be really, really interesting. This is kind of the one that we've built up to. And it's early to talk about it, yes, but it's worth talking about now because when we eventually go racing, we're suddenly going to find ourselves in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. I was excited about this year because of, you know, the people going up in, in what was happening. But, yeah, next year is, you know, depending on what happens with coronavirus and, and, and how many GPs we can run and stuff like that. But next year, it, it, you know, it's, it, we're, we're, I know we're only in, in April. We're not we're just coming into May. We're already talking about 2021, but it's lining itself up for, you know, to be in the ultimate silly, silly season. On that point of Ben and Olsen as well, Mitch could be doing a massive favour for them because Ben and Olsen are both way? bigger. Ben and Olsen are both bigger guys like Mitch. Yeah. There's nothing stopping the other teams looking at Mitch and going, okay, we haven't got Mitch, but there's no reason why Olsen and Ben can't be Mitch. Yeah, because if you look, both Olsen and Ben were beating Mitch consistently in MX2 last year. So if you're a team, I don't, I would look at that and go, well, maybe we could get the same results that Mitch is getting with one of these guys. True. True. It's, well, it's so, true. Off, off. You know, I, well, this this questions. Uh, you know, we've dragged it out quite a lot, but um, I find it quite interesting. What sort of teams do you think would suit Olsen and Watson? I think they both can go into factory. Like what bikes? Well, that, that, that's irrelevant because that's a specific. But I, I see. You no, know, if a factory team picked up both of those guys, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, cool. Move on. Yeah. Well, actually, hold that because we'll go for a little break and then we'll come back and um, we'll go through some more answers. All right. So uh, on that note, just want to thank Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB and evenstrokes.com uh, for all your support. If you haven't had a chance to look at uh, evenstrokes.com, it's kind of uh, a shop which we've set up in the background, um, trying to build up. And uh, it's going through a bit of a facelift at the moment, and the shop will be uh, updated in about two weeks. But uh, basically, uh, the shop's been built to um, support MX Vice in, in us going forward. So on that note, uh, we'll be back in two minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. 
Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to today's show. Uh, this is part three. Great to be back uh, and talking to uh, Lewis Phillips. Huge thanks to our sponsors again, Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and evenstrokes.com. Um, if you get a chance, uh, visit our sites, uh, take a look at our social media, get following. These guys are, are, are the reason that we're able to keep going. We're um, hard times at the moment with coronavirus. A lot of people... Uh, are battening down the hatches, cancelling their marketing uh, budgets. But these guys have um, literally stayed behind us and uh, we can't thank them enough. So uh, if you do get a chance to show your appreciation, um, then that's a great way. So, Lewis, do we still have some questions? Yeah, more than I thought, actually. Oh, okay, let's go for them. Uh, okay, we have Hallmarks. Who? Do you believe that the MXGP season can be continued? What was the name again, sorry? Harmart. Harmarts. Yeah, on Instagram, so it's a username. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, do we believe the MXGP season can be continued? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, everyone seems to think, oh, I'll just cancel it now, it's not going to happen. It's happening. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's not a chance that not, they won't be able to run another round of MXGP this year. No, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way. It's just, it just looks bleak at the moment. It's fine. Well, I wouldn't go as far as that. But... Episode 29, it's fine. <laughs> if, if anybody's just joining, if you get a chance to listen to uh, episode 29, do it, because it's just, there's going to be so many sound bites taken out of that for when we come back in the studio. So funny. Thomas, SB93 said, would it be better to cancel the MXON to give the championships more room? No, I, 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 I love the MXON. It's not, it's going to be weird this year. It is going to be really weird, but we can't cancel it. It's just the best event ever. No, although, although it looks like it would be a good thing to have that weekend in September free, in the grand scheme of things, having one extra weekend free really does nothing. It's not going to, it's not going to save anything. It's not going to kill anything. Like, so yeah, yeah. One question I do have though, with the MXOM being in the middle of the season, yeah, would 
graphics companies, gear companies, would they struggle to get custom stuff done? Because at the same time as that, they would be dealing with the regular demands of a new se- that a regular season has. I don't think they will because it's not like it's their first time doing it. They 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 know the process. They know what it takes. I think they will probably you know will have a few more hurdles to jump across or through. Sorry, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I guess we we run the MXON. It will go down in history as the the coronavirus MXON, but um. Probably not the best label for it to have, but um, yeah. The biggest question mark is whether there is a team going to be a Team USA, and at the moment it doesn't look like that will even be possible. So. Well, I was going to say that, and I, I thought you were going to jump on me and say, oh, well, let's not go there, blah, 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 like you usually do. But actually, well, no, it it's, like it's, it's, it's black and white, really. It doesn't look like it's possible. No, because if they're running a Supercross and then going to um, Pro Motocross, then it could be an issue. However, well, if they do, um, put it as a priority and actually send a team, then really there can be no excuses. No, it's with what? They're going to put it as a priority. Yeah, um, Tomac. Yeah, you know you're only three points up on Roxon. Ah, forget about it, mate. Head to France. However, that is the same, though, as every other MXGB rider. No, because if it happen, if they ha- if they end up running Supercross in September and October, there will actually be a race the same oh, day. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, if it, yeah. but they could also... Um, take three uh, Americans and send them over who concentrate on outdoors. Well, yeah, you can have a Covington, Mitchell Harrison, and someone else team. There you go. But that's not going to carry the same excitement, is it? No, but it's still a team. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, Racing Mason. Oh, I like that name, Racing Mason. Said, what are your 2020 MXGP predictions? Well, I can't remember what they were. No, but what are they now? What, as in what riders are going to win? I'll tell you what. Do I, I, I don't know. Jorge Prado, stock, might be worth buying. Really? He's not, out, he's not out of this championship. Really? He's 47 points down. He'll be healthy and fit as a fiddle when we come back. Well, it depends on how much riding he's been able to do. I would not be surprised if he comes out and wins the next round. If, if they, it takes is a little injury here and a little injury there, and suddenly he's right in it. If you, last year. Have you Look seen at, anything on social that he's riding? No, but he'll, he's, this is going to do him wonders. He's one of the guys who will benefit from this. Mm. But do you get what I mean? Yeah, I, I get you what you mean. Right, I'm not ruling him out at all. In fact, I'm actually one of the things I'm most excited about is the possibility of Prado getting in this thing. Okay. I genuinely have a full belief that he can get in this thing. Okay. All it takes... Okay, we come back. Prado's um, at the level that Hurlings and Geyser are, and Caroli, because he'll also benefit from this. And he's on a level playing field, so that he's not really gaining points, but he's not really losing points. Suddenly, one DNF, bike problem, crash, 25 points are made up, he's in it. It's not... It's not out of the realms of possibility yet. No, but it's a big ask. No, it's not a big ask, though. Okay. Every hour, every other year happened. Okay. Got, after Mantova got last year, Geyser was way down on Caroli. I think he was in the 30 points range, which isn't even that much further than what Prado is now. Um, the year Fevre won the title. Yeah, he but, was miles out at this stage. But last year was injuries. You're not talking about people having injuries. Oh, that's what I am saying. 
and that's why I said an injury here, an injury there, and he could be, and then he's away. Okay. Well, I think you've answered the question from your point of view. Oh no, it's not my. That's not my prediction. Oh, I'm just saying that's exciting. Okay. Okay. So you haven't actually answered the question. You've just come up with something else. I'm just saying that's when talking about MXGP predictions, that is worth considering. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you want to? Have you got a prediction? You go first. Oh, uh, yeah. Herlins is going to win. Still Herlins? Yeah. Why not? I, okay. I wrote this last week. Okay. So, Herlins didn't dominate the first two rounds. No. However, he also said he has more to give. Now, if your guys are Caroli, etc., you look at it, you look at this as a glass half full kind of person in the way of we were closer to him than we maybe thought we were going to be. This is good. Mm-hmm. Or you look at this with a glass half empty of, okay, he, he beat us and he says that he can only get better. Shit. Not sure what I'm kind of leading to there, but that's just kind of my. Well, no, that that the answer to that question was going to be rounds three and four. Yeah, we never got that. I actually wrote an article on that on what could have happened, what could have been, and it made me quite sad. <laughs> you got to stop doing this to yourself. Um, I okay. Should I do MXGP? I think. I think uh, I'd just be agreeing with you, but I think Hurlins. But I've got to be honest, guys, look good. Oh yeah, as I said before, many times, guys are riding better than ever, and no one can tell me otherwise. No, no, it, it really surprised me. Really surprised me. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, Hurlins, I'd be anybody would be silly not to to go with that, but I won't rule out Geyser either. So, yeah, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be closer than we we thought at the start of the year. Uh, yeah, I can't go with that. Yeah, I think I, I don't know why, but something tells me it's going to be it's going to be close. It's not going to be a he's not going to have it all his. You know, when we were talking about a crazy amount of percentages, um, I think that percentage is lower given what we've seen. Oh yeah, but it's not like I don't think he's going to have a run down to the checkered flag. But I also don't think he'll win it four rounds early. No, and you've got to respect Hurland's mental game as well. A lot of the stuff he says he he puts out, he's knowing that other people are going to. You know, his competitors are going to be listening to that. So he might be saying that he's got, and he probably has got a couple of different steps up, but on the day, it's all different. Hmm. Chris United 93 again uh, said, Since 2000 in MXGP or AMA, what is a move by a rider or team that's made you raise an eyebrow? For me, it was RC not re signing or being re signed for by Honda in 2004. What was the story behind that? It's a long story. Okay. Um, we'll save that for another podcast then. <laughs> Well, no, that's not our story. It's a story from another podcast. Okay. Um, oh, that's kind of a... I probably should have prepared for that question. Yeah, probably should have. You got anything that springs to mind? Um, I guess you could go for stuff like Pichon signing for KTM in 2006. That surprised me. Uh, what about Dungey then, going from Suzuki to KTM? No, I think everyone saw that coming because of the the cost of thing and he wasn't happy with Suzuki that last year mm. um, yeah as a as a 10 year old who was uninformed and really just followed the races Pichon appearing on a KTM was a bit of a how the hell did this happen um, and I feel like that's actually forgotten about quite a lot yeah, yeah it was yeah. A KTM I, th- I want to take this question to next week because I want to put some proper thought into it but I'll give you this mm-hmm one of life's great questions. Oh, okay. Could end up being, uh, 
Paul Lan left Kawasaki at the end of 2014 because Villapoto was incoming and he had a massive offer from Honda, etc. Yeah. He told me at the Nations last year that ever since that year, he's been searching for that magic that he felt with for Kawasaki that year. I remember, yeah. I remember you telling me. I was looking at his stats recently, and if you compare the pre-Kawasaki era to the post-Kawasaki era, there's no competition. Like, he was, mu- he was probably better on a Kawasaki than any of us remember or realise. What the hell would have happened if, if Filippotto had never come to GPs and he'd stayed at Kawasaki? That's interesting. Mm. So it's not a move or a shock, but that just triggered my memory. Is, uh, obviously, you know more about this. Is the door closed at Kawasaki for him going back? Did he kind of, like, did he, did he leave on bad terms or? I couldn't tell you, but he's at the end of his career, so. Mm. Okay. Yeah, but good. Kawasaki, yeah. And also, you're That's not going to go back there. Point. What are they going to do? Go back there and wheel out the 2014 Kawasaki? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe get onto that. Speak to Francois <laughs> when you realise you fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> we still we still got this bike waiting for you. Um, last question, uh, Matt Jones. Would it be better to go back to more European rounds and less flyaway rounds to attract more riders back to doing the whole series for better lineups? I'd like it if we could do that because it'd be a lot cheaper for my travel budgets. Yeah, but that, uh, I I don't know why I put that question in. I I think it's a great idea. Matt did so well with his first question. That doesn't like you, you, you don't like that because you like to go to Argentina in in faraway places. Well, no, but like the debate were full at the first two rounds. I don't know what I don't know what we're trying to achieve here. Well, be European Championship. Like I don't I don't really know what we're what we're getting at or what we're trying to do because we've we've got full gates every week, or we did have before coronavirus. Now, yeah, maybe that that question is applied to. Now, like post coronavirus, is it easier to get the European events done? Logistics, costs, stuff like that. No, no, it's fine. No, you're saying that because you you think it's fine. But if you look at it from a budget budgeting point of view and how we've all been hit, you know, it would actually make some sense financially for teams and everybody else. Yeah, but some teams will tell you otherwise because. Honda sell X amount of bikes there, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but that's fine if, you, if you've got the budget what um, HRC have got. But also, what I'm saying is those teams, could, if, if they just had the rest of the GPs based around France, Italy, Germany, you know, Central Europe, then it would actually, you know, it would probably save, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds. Well, it's fine anyway for Argentina because uh, as far as I can make out, every team has paid up to or at least 75% of that trip. Like, we're fully paid up. Yeah, sure. But like when we're looking forward to things like China and stuff like that. I can't imagine China would happen. No, but I, I think actually, I don't know if that question was posed post-corona, but... I No, it was this week. It was today. No, no, no. I, I No, I'm... No, I'm thinking, like, is he, is he saying that Europe because of this year or just... No, he's, he's talking in general. He's talking every year. I wouldn't say every year, but I would say this year. I think this year it makes so much sense. And I know you hate that, and I know that a few other people would hate that. However, I just think from a budgeting point of view, I'm just looking at this from money, and um, from, a, from a monetary point of view, it would make more sense to have all GPs in Europe. Okay. Is Kazakhstan in Europe? 
Uh, uh, well, it's it's Eastern Europe, so yeah, I think you're good. Okay, that's good. I don't know if they're in the EU, but they're they uh, they are Europe, yeah. Okay, good, good. That's it for questions. Cool. Okay. Well, that's that was nice and easy. I did like the I did like your thought process on the on the Kawasaki Poland thing. That really made me think. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. Well, actually, are there any other riders which would which that would kind of um, go with as well? Like um, same sort of situation. Well, no, because most most riders would have been pushed. No, but no. If if like saying it like how Paul Lam was with the Kawasaki, are there other riders which would have regretted not staying on the same manufacturer or team or whatever? Well, that's what I mean. Most riders wouldn't have had a choice in it. No. Most riders would have been pushed, so it's, moot, it's a moot point anyway. Anything else you want to discuss? No, I hope this has gone well. This is a, this is a taster for our technology. So. Well, do you want to know what's amazing? What? After this, I don't have to drive three hours. Yeah. Well, I don't have to see you as well. I feel less aggressive this week. Um, yeah, this could, this could be good. Uh, I could just do a live show with Rob on our own. That's, uh, just have me pa- pitched in like this. Yeah, and then we could get some like people who maybe could you know be a little bit better than you we'll figure it out yeah all right maybe i should just be in here with um guests and get the guests to come in here and then we just you know you phone in oh i should mention then you can stick to like whatever you do in brighton go and dog in or anything else i'm on the verge of a new podcast show on mxice oh great i've got technology i've got the technology sorted ish okay and and what's this show going to be about I should be able to do one-on-one interviews with riders. Oh, good. Good. And, and the great thing about it is if, you, if you're actually doing that, then they can, they're not actually in the studio to hit you. Yeah. I messaged Strybos and said, I want to do a career podcast. And he said, but my career isn't over. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say, don't worry about it, because the rest of the year is going to go in, and then that's it? No, I said, but we'll do a, we can do a final chapter another time. Yeah. But yeah. Which will be the last five months. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. That's okay. Did you want to know what I've been up to? Yeah, I did actually. I really did. I really did. Okay. Well, actually, I've been quite busy. Keep it short. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, well, I don't know if people noticed out there, but MX Vice has had a little bit of a, a, a polish. So we released um, just a little, a little update to the website, which is version 1.1. And... Um, we just done some some aesthetical updates and also some stuff behind the scenes, but I'm working on some some cool technology which is going to be implemented over the next uh, four or five months. So there's going to be constant rollout. So if you do get a chance, have a visit on mxvice.com. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, there's all going to be lots of different cool stuff. Um, and each show, I mean. We should be back up and running now every week. So each week we'll in, we'll talk a little bit about new features that we've got for the uh, for the website. But yeah, some cool stuff happening. That sounds very good, James. Yeah, well, some of well us done. have been actually doing some work. Well done. Um, yeah, there we go. So if you can get on to Bobby Hewitt and the Italian government, that'd be great. Do you want me to talk to Putin? Yeah, have a little uh, have a little chat with him as well. Would you like me to figure out what's going on with King Jong Un? Uh, if that'd be great, look at you into the politics. I know, amazing, isn't it? I had to ask someone because I was confused about all of the memes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, he went missing for a little bit. Right, so um, 
what are we expecting next week from you? From me? Yeah, have you got any interviews lined up? Are you can speak into anybody? Oh, I don't know yet. I'll see where the mood takes me. Jesus Christ, you're such an amateur. I can't believe you're running this company. Neither can I. I forget most days. Yeah, literally, we can see. Um, also, uh, while I'm here, I just want to say a huge thank you to um, some people that keep popping up. Uh, Chris Cameron's one, uh, Harry Leverett, Sean Bass, uh, Ollie Building, uh, Roger Warren, Jason Barrow, um, Carl Richards, uh, Jack Watson, Simon Finn, uh, Chris Gilbert, Chris Morrison. There's been Richard Brown. I mean, it's phenomenal, actually. Some of these guys are like buying two T-shirts at a time and are coming back. And, you know, I just want to say a big thank you. And, and for the coffees, we've got this thing called coffee uh, where you can, you know, buy us a coffee for three quid. All these little things. And there's still people signing up for MX Manager. Um, and we've still got the bikes to give away this year. So we're still going to be doing that as soon as MXGP gets up and running. But all these things literally help us um, go forward. Well, not go forward, but actually survive. So um, obviously, buying in hindsight, buying MX Vice back in uh, November 2019 was very exciting. However, no one's seen the coronavirus coming. So um, yeah, I could have, could have probably held off on that purchase for a little bit, Lewis. Uh, I'm glad you didn't. But good li- talking to you. It's really nice. Yeah. Let's leave it another six weeks, though, yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, let, well, I'll be back next week. If you want to turn up, that's great. I would love to hear a solo podcast. Well, maybe you'll be replaced. Okay. Right, you're boring me now. I'm going. All right. Okay. Right, I'll see you next week. That's a great sign-off. You've really, you've really butchered this sign-off from a podcast. <laughs> okay, I'll do it properly and professionally. Uh, once again, thank you to Talon, Yoko, Prox, Liat, Hinson, KYB, and Even Strokes. Huge thank you to Rob, Jukebox Beats, who's uh, doing everything remotely. He's going to be editing all this, and it's going to be up on the usual places, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, iTunes. And once again, thanks for the support. It really does mean uh, the world to us. Uh, you guys supporting us. So, um, yeah, long may it continue. We'll be back next week. Say bye, Liz. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. 
Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show.